0: Hello, and welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode number seven. Today we have on a guest, and we have the usual cast and crew of Cody, Graham, Kish, and our special guest, Curtis, uh, aka Pat Um, I guess we'll just dive into the quick weekly recap, because uh, I think the majority of us don't have a lot to add in this week. But I went and picked up a set of BFG Red Labels, uh, which are a competition sticky tire for anyone that is unfamiliar with them. Um, Basically, they're a different compound and you can't run them down the road. I got some more parts in to finish the rear crossmember on the Cherokee and did more stuff to the rear axle. Um, So, Curtis, how did you get into this sport because having a one ton ship box on 42s is kind of a little leap and if i remember correctly this is your second one yeah it is my
1: second jeep my first jeep i got when i was 16 and that's actually not even where any of this kind of started um i think i was five six years old something like that my dad got a jeep he had a uh, we always called it Barney because it was like a Barney, bluish, purple, Grand Cherokee. It was a 93. They put a lift on it and everything, and I just kind of always had—or we'd go up to Silver Lake quite a few weekends out of the year. And I enjoyed it so much that I just—when I turned 16, that's what I had to have.
0: Now, isn't Silver Lake like that uh, Sand Dunes or whatever? Yeah, it's sand dunes. I try not to
1: go there anymore. My rig's way too heavy and does not have enough horsepower.
0: Hmm. So, So, you want to possibly tell us about the rig?
1: Oh, my! The one that I have right now is a 97. It was literally the most basic model you could find. It has crank windows everywhere, no power locks. I actually had to wire up for the gauge cluster because it just had like dummy gauges in it. You idiot know what I mean? That, yep. Yeah, idiot lights. Huh. Uh, so I made my own custom dash out of a bunch of Auto Meter ga- or uh, gauges. They're all <laughs> what are they? Auto Meter Sport Comp Digitals, the red ones. Um, and I just kind of started from there. First uh, first time I did it, I built through an 8.8 eight and a 30, uh, all thrust and gusseted and everything under it. And I just, I was having fun. I wasn't breaking anything. Um, Let's see. We had that. Uh, we had, what was it that I had to do under there? One time. Oh, it was when I um changed the position of the transfer case that I started beating the floor in and I started crying a little bit and one of my buddies was already on tons and another one was about to buy a rig that was on tons and it was like, well, crap, time to go tons. So I spent, what, a year and a half building that thing because I spent a lot of time searching for the right deals on everything. I mean, I got my ORIs, I only paid 2100 for... I got my tires for free, which
0: everyone hates me for that. Yeah, everyone's going to hate on you a little bit. What are how? the tires? And how? What'd you say, Luke? Uh, Well, answer Cody first, because he asked okay. how. And then how? what are they?
1: I guess I, mean, I, can't, I can't say that they were free. I was I saying, who's one dick do you have
2: to suck it? Where can I get involved in this? <laughs> <laughs> <How? laughs>
1: <Like>, <laughs> Let's see. I want to. I'd have to look on Facebook to be one hundred percent sure, but the page is run by Trey Moore. It's a waffle page, and he does he waffles off a bunch of stuff. Obviously, I'm guessing you guys know what waffles are. A raffle. Yeah, it's basically a raffle on Facebook. You can't say raffle because I guess they ban you or something <laughs> like that. I hear it's illegal or something. I don't know. Huh. So I put. The first, and this is literally the first time that I ever go to put any money on one of these. i had been in all or a bunch of pages, never done anything. Finally, decided to do it once. I threw two on or two spaces at seventy eight dollars a piece on a set of sticky tires, and I won.
2: Holy crap!
1: Yeah, it. I mean, I think in each one there's like fifty people, so or maybe a 65, I can't remember, but yeah, so I mean, essentially, you just throw a little bit of money at it, and you have the chance to win, obviously, you have the chance to lose. So Yeah, that's a healthy
0: got, bet. Yeah,
1: I mean, I kind of just took it, because I had just worked a sh- shit ton of hours at work that week, I'm like, you know what, I can spoil myself a little. figure I'll give this a shot. It yeah, works out great.
3: Wow. For 150 bucks. that's not bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I bought a fifth one, so by the time I got the fifth one and I upgraded to 42s, I think I had like $1,200 out of pocket for five brand new 42-inch sticky traps.
2: Wow, that's awesome. (laughs) That is awesome.
1: Yeah, it was real nice. I was definitely happy because I had been running pit bulls before that, and I mean, yeah, they were okay if you ran them at like four PSI or something like that. But I started doing, I think I did two trips out of Michigan, which wheeling in Michigan sucks. Everybody knows that. And and after that second trip, wheeling with a bunch of guys on stickies, it was like, I got to start looking at getting stickies. So, and it literally came right before I was about to buy a set.
0: I will say stickies are not cheap. Like I think a set of BFG red labels is twenty seven hundred to your door. Um I picked mine up for like I think eight hundred and they're about quarter tread, uh half and tread. Um doesn't
4: one of them have a massive slice in the <laughs> sidewall too?
0: It's got a little bit of a cut That's in the what sidewall.
5: Tubes are for.
0: Tubes, you just it slap a like tube Colin in there.
1: Side, or it looks like <laughs> side once he got back to camp, <laughs> yeah.
5: Um,
0: so say, oh, I'm just gonna get it vulcanized. Uh, I've got a very good vulcanizer out by me, it's gonna be uh 50 bucks to get that taken care of.
2: So why does Michigan wheeling suck so bad? I mean, I've only been in New England. I mean, I for wheeling's sake, I've never really gone too far for it. Why is Michigan so horrible?
1: Now, you can ask Colin to second this and almost anybody that's wheeled outside of Michigan that lives here would agree. We have all man-made parks. Whereas majority of what you guys have is like somewhat natural, natural. So it's not yeah. really like where people set concrete tubes and slabs and stuff together and they just manage to fall ju- or to set them just far enough apart that you're constantly getting stuck. Oh, you know what I mean? Huh. There's a lot of mud. A lot of mud between the rocks. Like, I know that you guys have it bad out there with it kind of being wet all, all the time, but the mud here, it's like a clay mud and it's just, it it's awful. It'll clog any tire up.
0: Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, Yeah, out here we've got like, a lot of our stuff is the mud is in the rocks and on the rocks. Uh, I guess out there with the man-made shit, it's got to be different than like a naturally formed object.
1: It really is. I mean, a lot of those concrete slabs that they try making these obstacles and stuff out of, they're just they wear so quickly that they don't keep a sharp edge and they're not really all that like you don't get very good traction on it and it makes it very difficult Mm. and on top of that closest park to me is and now I'm kind of in a bad spot because I'm literally centralized between all of the parks in the state except for the one in the UP at about two and a half to three hours away from the house so
0: that's about for me it's roughly 2 hours whenever I want to go and wheel near uh Rem. and yep. you know if I we go to Kish's backyard well, that's five right minutes there. down the road but <laughs> yeah it
3: but wow, it's such a long drive for me too
1: I would be <laughs> perfectly fine with driving 3 hours to go wheel the stuff that you guys do compared to the stuff that we do so, I mean I would do that every weekend what is the difference it's just it's 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 hard to explain, but it's just it's not the same as wheeling on naturally forming stuff the man made i mean and you'd have to come out here and come for a trip or talk to Colin about it, but there's just there's something different about wheeling on man made stuff than there is on the naturally forming stuff around here. Cause uh the park in the UP, it's um it's on uh Drummond Island, it's called Turtle Ridge. And there is um there's a lot of naturally forming stuff there. And that's actually where I went with the Jeep on 31s with uh Charlie and his buddy Dakota to we went up there for a weekend to hang out and decided to do some wheeling while we were there and honestly after that it was like this isn't or this is amazing compared to what we have by us all the man-made stuff
0: yeah um i know like out here this is normal wheeling to us um what or did anything like was there any majorly noticeable difference, like, for example, the way you have to hit stuff? Like, do you have to hit it harder when you get closer to the New England area? Um, we wheeled together in PA, Graham, myself and good old hack bar over here um, at Roush Creek. So I'm j- just kind of curious because it's like, you seemed like you were having a really good time when we were out there. <laughs>
1: Again, I just I like new. Also, because a lot of our parks are very very small. I guess that's one of the bigger things—the size of the parks. I mean, what is Rous? What's Creek size-wise in acres? Isn't it like it's huge? I mean, that's bigger than probably all the parks we have. I think it's three
4: thousand
1: two hundred or so. I think the biggest park in the state of Michigan is like seven hundred, maybe that. So. Imagine,
0: yeah, Roush is kind of the exception. And if we plan something out this year, I, if you're going to be around, I might end up making it a longer trip. Um, and like possibly renting a room or something for the remaining couple days so we could go and hit AOAA, which is another park 45 minutes away from Roush.
1: I, I would definitely be down with that again. Like I told you, I got a bunch of weddings and crap to go to this year, unfortunately. So I get to spend a lot of my vacation on Jeep stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. That right there might just be worth it, though.
1: Yeah, it, it would be. And I would do my absolute best to make it work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I definitely. I, I love wheeling out east. I have not gone very far out west. The furthest west I've ever gone is S'more. And that was that was some nice wheeling. That was some really nice wheeling out there. But it, it's, it's not like the east coast. Like, the east coast is like easy but difficult whereas like s'more was for the most part what we did was fairly easy easy so know where I
2: mean? where is s'more
1: uh south missouri
2: okay that that kind of makes sense
1: Yeah. Uh, the, the um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep um so
2: so what's your jeep uh what what was the final step that you decided like hey it needs a cage. I need to start adding tube to this. Like what was your step to where you felt that safety was something that you really need to stress?
1: When I put tons under it, (laughs) I knew I was going to get stupid at some point. And literally the first time that I had it out, I, um, I almost set it on its side because I was having issues with my shocks unloading on me. And it was really, really off camber. And I said to my friend, I I looked at him, I said, dude, if you threw your weight over to this side of the Jeep, we would go rolling down that hill right now. So it was that, I mean, in seeing other things, the way that those things just crush, like somebody sets it on its roof lightly and it just crushes the whole thing in. I'm six foot six and that Jeep, even stock, my head almost touched the ceiling. If that thing crushed, I'd be dead. Mm. Yeah, Yeah,
3: that's definitely terrifying. So, um, so you, as such a big guy, how do you fit in there?
1: Uh, I have a removable steering wheel and a lot of lube and shoehorn to get myself <laughs> in there. Like, I mean, these guys watched me do it all weekend when, we, when I was out there. It's not easy for me to get in and out of that thing. It's my knees are against the dash, my head's a little bit below the ceiling, but not much. But honestly, I hate that my knees are against the dash, but other than that, I'm fairly comfortable in the rig. Huh.
0: With no, a... Oh, sorry. Th-
1: there's
4: no way to... I mean, I don't know what kind of seats you have but I for- in it. I forget.
1: Yeah, PRP
4: do podiums. Have it, do you have it, like, as far
1: as it'll go back?
4: How did you I set up had it? Stage,
1: Oh, that, that's a sore (laughs) subject. That is a very sore subject. And if you talk to Charlie about that, he'll tell, I have to tell you that he was correct in what he said. At the time we started building, I wanted back seats in there so I could bring more than just one person with me all the time. Mm -hmm. And so we built a cage further forward. And then like, so like a stock seat, we had the stock seat all the way back. So it was fine. Yeah, but these these seats, the ones I have right now, they're wider, they're taller, so it just kind of moved Doesn't everything work. around yep. from what we had originally planned, and it just, and then you add in when I clocked the t case up as far as I could, I literally my bar that holds my seat is maybe a quarter inch away from my t case at most, huh. so I have that thing packaged as. Tight together as I possibly could and I'm still uncomfortable in it.
0: So, would a smaller seat, not like a smaller seat per se, but like perhaps a thinner one with a different style of padding be good? Uh, Maybe from like a different application than say a rock crawling seat, like a comfortable kirky or something like that, so you could get the thinner back and get a couple extra inches of leg room?
1: I would not sacrifice how amazing those seats feel at the end of the day for a Kirky and a little bit extra leg room.
2: I could not imagine how it would feel after a day of wheeling sitting in a fucking Kirky. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. No matter <laughs> the padding, no
2: matter I would not want to do that. You couldn't pay me to do that. Absolutely
5: nope. not. A curky
2: uh, is a drag racing seat that is pretty much just bare aluminum. And you could get a padding that's probably half inch thick, just so that way it feels a little bit comfortable.
0: But there's a there's couple a of companies of that do um like an extra inch pad on top of that so you can...
1: i still don't think that that would be comfortable and no. i definitely I don't want to find out
0: i know that i've you got know, a set of baja fat boys and them things is fucking comfortable except you got to throw a wet towel on them in the summertime otherwise your ass sticks to them
1: yeah, I was going to say, the. I mean, you guys saw that all weekend. I, when I was wearing the cutoff, my freaking arms and stuff were just sticking to the seats <laughs> all weekend long because I was dying in that thing. Yep. It gets hot in there. Uh, the first time on my uh, oh, shakedown run, I went to Silver Lake because it was the only park that I could get to that I knew people were going to. And we went out there and it's 120 degrees outside we're on the sand so this heat's radiating off the sand and i swear to god it had to have been 150 plus inside of that jeep and i couldn't take the doors off either we were me and my buddy were cooking i think my buddy ended up getting uh uh, dehydrated he threw up (laughs) he threw up right before we left right before i wrapped uh, a whole bunch of wires in the drive shaft
2: So, so you guys alluded to that you guys went on a uh, Roush Creek trip. Honestly, what was your uh, what was your most favorite like favorite moment or memorable obstacle with uh, hanging out with these idiots?
1: I, I got to say, my most memorable uh, moment from that whole trip was that half of the freaking pickup truck getting dragged out from the trails <laughs> as I'm laying under my Jeep fixing my exhaust. And I, Colin and I are under there and we just hear this awful sound that just sounds like sheet metal scraping against the rocks. And it's just, it's getting louder and louder. I'm like, Colin, what the hell is that? And he looks out he's like, what the fuck? That's the back, or that's the front half of a truck. Where's the rest of it? And then watching those guys freaking load that thing on there where the freaking body rips off of the cat or the cab rips off of the frame. (laughs) And then they're cutting the leaf spring mounts and shit. It was... It, yeah, that made the weekend.
4: So yeah, why well, was it watching, watching them load all that shit on was... was oh, God.
0: <laughs> so the backstory... Yeah, yeah, to, to fill Cody in on this. The backstory yeah. on this is... We went out and like... Uh, it was a decent sized group. It wasn't little, but it was... I'm going to say think- it was on the smaller side for... Who was wheeling together, if that makes sense? Uh like we ended up getting separated from the Pambianco crowd. But uh yeah. the backstory on that is there was a group of dudes that was there just at the park and they do the I think it was twelve hundred dollar challenge. You have twelve hundred yeah. bucks to buy the rig and equip the rig. So there was like a ranger there mm-hmm. on like 35s <laughs> with cut fenders with a kl grill like slammed in there so it had like a wrangler The rangler
4: the rangler Rangler.
0: Um, (laughs) some dude had a uh dodge 1500 just like welded rear axle cad with a like a disconnect lever or like in it and uh welded front and he had like 35 swampers on it. It was they were a fun group of dudes to hang out with. Also there's a geo tracker. But this Ford ripped itself in half on the trails and at Roush they do a very good job of getting you back out. So they ended up just dragging the thing out. <laughs> Did it awesome. Bianco drag that thing out of there? No, I think it was them with uh the ex- the V10. Oh, one dude had an excursion because he bought it for, I think, the rear axle or something. Stupid cheap. So it was on like 36 Swampers and they were romping on it. It was a V10 and it was hilarious. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Huh. And then. What what was it that, uh, oh, yeah, we were driving
1: around the next day on the trails, and all of a sudden, I looked to my left, and I'm like, what the fuck? That's a fucking transfer case in the trail. Why is there a transfer case (laughs) and drive shaft still attached to it in the middle of the trail? (laughs) Oh, man, they just, they left everything. They didn't go back and pick anything up. I was like, are you guys serious? Yeah, that was and trashy. Yeah, but it was really funny that you just randomly drive past it. Oh, I bet that's from that truck.
4: <laughs> Half yeah. the truck, yeah. There, what's left of it. Oh wait, no, it needs a transfer case to go to drive oh, it all. It would. Yeah. It, so that one didn't. I don't
0: think case. that truck is ever <laughs> driving again, bud. No. So I... <laughs> I'm gonna ask Graham the same question that Cody asked Curtis.
4: Uh, most favorite moment from that weekend, yeah. Yes, oh man, I mean, whole time was a blast, but I guess if I had to pick one thing, um, oh man, this is a tough one. I mean, I think Luke, do you <sighs> want to go ahead while he thinks about it? Yeah, no, I, I mean. I've... <sighs> Uh, I, I, the most memorable most memorable moment was definitely me sinking the stupid thing. That was like the most shocking. <laughs> I was I wasn't expecting that. Uh, <laughs> the best part about that was it still ran and drove totally fine. There was no issues. I went and did shoot the moon right after, and we wheeled a whole another day. But I think uh, my favorite part was probably when we actually had everybody together, and not broken, and we're we're just dicking around. The second day near the end, just that last little bit on I forget what that trail's called, where Colin smoked that tire out. And I Uh, I, just yeah. uh, that's being called out
1: there.
0: there. Or I'm sorry, crawler reg. That's crawler reg. He just sat there
1: (laughs) riding on the fucking rim and he's like,
0: is the tire blown?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna keep going. Or no, he asked me, do you think I can still make it? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
5: yeah, the not the, the best
4: part for me was me and Colin. While well, you guys were off doing the the left side, we went over and looked at the right side. We we're like, this will be easy. We're even going to put this rock in this divot, so, you know, and then it'll, it's going to make that you're going to go right up this rock. And for both of us, it just didn't work. <laughs> it was, you almost uh, rolled, it was didn't you? Or that... Yeah,
1: both, yeah, both of us were pretty close. I'm pretty sure Colin was a lot closer when he got <laughs> yeah, down. Yeah, because that rail. back tire down. <laughs> yeah. no nah. I loved right at the end when he got up the hill and after the Jeep got done
0: backfiring and he turned it off, he says, well, I think we're done for the weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm going to disagree on that. Colin fucking got really, like, retardedly close and he stayed close longer, but Graham got closer to flipping, if that makes sense, because at one point... Graham had the rear tire a good eight inches in the air while the front tire was a good foot and a half, two feet in the air. So you ended up balanced, like, on your side as you were trying to come out that. of there. I don't remember. There's no video
4: of me doing that. There's everybody There's, got Colin because after I had done uh, it they're like, "Oh, Colin's going to make this a show." And he Colin
0: did. got a video of it, but it's kind of shitty because we took it in the car. Oh,
4: that's right. I do have that one cuz you were you were filming it from the uh from the Jeep, so it's it's kind of a weird angle. Yeah, yeah it I is. do remember it. It was but, pretty far but, off the ground.
0: Were yeah. you riding with Colin at that point? I was riding with Colin at that point. <sighs> Uh, yeah, my Jeep had blown up. Yes. Was I, I that had, was after
1: we had uh, used my front bumper as a tube bender. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, God. Yeah, um, so. Yeah, uh, that was this, great. This was a mistake on my part. I had an inch and a half quarter wall bumper that was bent for clearance around the starter. And okay. I don't know. At some point, I th- it was when we were in... Uh, Oh, Rock River.
2: Wait, do you have mean, a four link setup?
1: Or right? three link in the front.
2: So how did? why would you have to go around the starter? Is is it a stock motor?
1: Uh yeah, stock motor. So it definitely and it's I mean that thing at full bump is probably one of the lowest one ton jeeps that I've seen. Next uh somebody like Nick LeBlanc. He's Whoa, about the only person that I just, <laughs> You settle down. You're not done yet. <laughs> but it, it was, it was so low. I think I maybe could, I think I maybe had a quarter inch between the oil pan and the um top of the truss at full bump. And it was the Barnes low profile truss. So, I mean, that thing is stupid low.
2: What cross member are you running?
1: I built my own. It doesn't, I have nothing that hangs below my belly.
0: That's Ooh, part of what your problem is, because I, I know. with my junk it hangs out there and all, but it's nowhere near the uh, starter. Like I have plenty of clearance through the full 11 inches of travel I got up front. I know you've got more. But...
1: I, now I have, with that two inch, I moved it down one hole and it seems to clear the floor and, the, and it seems to come, I, I wish I would have realized this sooner but it comes like just on the outside of the starter. So it would never have actually hit. It just looked like it was going to hit. Like it was really close and I wasn't comfortable with that. So i figured I'd just bend it. And then I don't know. What is that? Rock river? Yeah. Rock Creek. Rock Creek. We were going through that. We got out, um, about halfway through, I want to say, and on one of the trails off to the right, went through that and, I'm driving and I start here. Every time I hit a bump, I hear this clunk, 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 clunk. like, okay, what the fuck? Something's broken. I get out. My freaking pinions like straight back. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a fucking problem. Drive shafts <laughs> like binding on the yoke.
0: Yeah, going, didn't we have her? to high lift your body off of that to like get some yeah. of the tension off of the yeah. drive
1: shaft? Yeah, we did. We used a high lift. No, I think we used a floor jack because Graham and Colin <laughs> brought the floor jack. Yep. And then we pulled, we used a floor jack in my winch to hold it, to hold the axle straight, to pull the link out. Then we stuck the link in the bumper because the way that my bumper set up, we could just fit that link in there perfectly with the Heim and then through the D-ring. And we bent it backwards over the other piece of tube using a. Uh, Oh, crap. I can't think of his name right uh, now. Jason's,
0: Jason's winch.
1: winch. Yeah. So we used my front bumper as a tube bender in the middle of the trail.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
4: Yep. <laughs> that, that was a that good time. Exciting. It, it bent
1: it back it straight. Bit. It bent it back straight. But by the time I got it back to the trailer, on the trailer, I took another look underneath, it and that thing was like looking like a taco again. I'm like, well, at least we made it through the day. <laughs> 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 That's all that matters at this point.
0: So I guess you could say that New England wheeling's a little bit hard on equipment. Well, I do have to say,
1: both Jason, Mike, and I all jumped, and I don't think any of you guys were with us at that point, we all jumped our Jeeps off of one of those little berms on the side of the trails, because we went mm. past this, there was this group of JKs that were doing like two miles an hour down the trails, and it's like, Fucking kidding me. So, first Jason goes flying past them, and then Mike does, and they both jump. I'm like, oh, well, fuck, I guess I gotta do this too now. And I came down really hard on that passenger side. Mm-hmm. So, I'd yeah, almost imagine that's what bent it. But yes, it is more difficult.
2: Even though Pennsylvania isn't technically New England, but well, that's
1: fine. It's close enough. <person-um.
0: laughs>
1: I was gonna say, same shit. Same different
0: yep. Um, Yeah, that was fucking insane. Well, Kurt
3: What would it take to actually get you out to New England?
0: To
1: New England? I would have to have a week. It I need a full week and I would want to do it around a holiday weekend so that I could get an extra couple days in there. You know what I mean? So like if it was like a floater for fourth of July, I could leave Thursday night right after work at 3 o'clock, get, like, halfway there like I did last time, or when I went to Pennsylvania, get, like, halfway there, stop for the night, get up, and go and finish the rest of the trip after that. So then I don't waste a full day of vacation.
2: Makes sense. I mean, that'd be a really cool trip to plan. I mean, honestly, we could do, like like, a tight group of, like, if we wanted to do, like, 10 rigs, we could do Badlands, like, uh what's it called field and forest we could then yeah, like kind of loop. that'd be a really cool week seriously
1: hmm. forest scares me <laughs> <laughs> i i think that was one of the first things that i ever said to luke when we were talking about wheeling like, what's because there was this really awkward stage where i didn't know this dude this dude showed up and said he was camping with us i'm like oh you must be luke then <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that
3: that sounds. That sounds about right.
1: Because me and Colin were so far behind. I forget what it was. I couldn't get
4: the day off, and Colin just. I think he had the day off, but he had so much stuff to get together.
1: I I was the first one there. I was there at like one o'clock in the afternoon. Luke was like two hours behind. So Luke and I have from like 3 o'clock in the afternoon all the way until about 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this kid and I had never met each other before. I Honestly, I'd never even talked to him, I think, as far as I know. We
0: had one and conversation it, talking about Super Duty axles, and I think it yeah. involved a 14-bolt. That yeah.
1: was it. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I guess I was just kind of there. And uh, he got there and he's like, so you want to smoke some weed? I was like,
0: all right, we're best friends now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to deny it, but I also knew beforehand that you had said that you're bringing shit out. So I was like, all right, well, he said that he's actually bringing shit out. So I'm like, all right, fuck it.
1: We cannot (laughs) talk about the illegal transport of drugs across state lines.
0: Well, no, they were totally legal drugs. Like, oh, okay, y'all are not what I brought back. Broccoli. <laughs> All broccoli. <laughs> All right. So Tying I kind of wish we would have done that. So, <laughs> okay. um, moving from that, uh, <laughs> back to the conversation, um, I think the favorite part of that weekend was doing shoot the moon with Graham. We had just sunk our jeeps and to. I have never gotten a vehicle this deep. Like, it was up over my crotch in my rig on 40s. And Graham's over there up to his hood. And, like, it's lapping at the top of my hood. We get it through that. And then we're like, all right, you want to do Shoot the Moon? Jamie hops up after doing Shoot the Moon himself. Says, all right, you know, you're, like, kind of in the line. Just reset a little bit. And it took me two shots and I got through Shoot the Moon without hitting any body panels, but basically ending up on my side and then pulling back down uh, and then shooting the hard line out.
2: Yeah, it was, I know you were telling me about that exact obstacle before, and it was pretty cool to see. Like, you were kind of explaining the whole thing, and it definitely sounded like you had a great time trying to just beat the living shit out of your Jeep, but also somehow make it up unscathed. So.
0: Yeah, Shoot the Moon's a highlight of Roush. It's not the hardest obstacle there. Uh Crawl Daddy broke a shit ton more on my rig than anything else. No, which one was Crawl Daddy? Uh not Crawl Daddy, I'm sorry. Crawler Ridge. Crawler I was gonna Ridge. Say yeah. Yeah. But I didn't get to Crawl on Daddy. Sh- on
1: shoot the moon, I mean, I smashed my door in on shoot the moon. I don't I, I don't know. think it, Don't you you I think you videoed it. And Colin's literally in the background screaming, go, or screaming, oh, well, there goes the door. If I remember what Shoot the Moon is, it's the one when we come up, we go down into the valley, and you start coming up. Yeah, that's second. Yeah, bit, the muddier we're, we're, where Colin destroyed his axle shaft. Yeah, that's yep. that was on Shoot the Moon. Yeah, so it was on the, the last set of rocks right before you get out of Shoot the Moon was when I did that. Because we were all having problems with that. I mean, I remember Graham just freaking pinning it up there and somehow <laughs> managing to get past without destroying anything. Yep.
4: I was following you guys for a good chunk of that uh, that second day. I think all you had 42s and Colin had broken. So it was and Luke was broken. So it was just me following you guys. And I, I feel like I did most of the most of the things pretty well
1: you did very very well i don't i thought that was the first day that we did shoot the moon no it was no
4: me and luke had done it the first day as well yeah as we had followed um uh i forget his name
0: Uh, that's right not jason uh jamie jamie
4: yep we had followed jamie uh, oh that dude was a riot (laughs) yeah he was yeah
0: that dude is the reason i bought a doubler Oh man, just to to <laughs> set your tires up off
1: something, just lay it and sit there for 10 minutes while they... i would never
4: seen these. anybody use a doubler like that, and it's. I, and like it. I aspire to do that.
0: <laughs> that is See, legitimately I- my goal for the first trip to MobL with the noobs. I just want to get up on Gatekeeper, disengage the rear output, and smoke a set of clapped reds until they're glowing <laughs> cherry, drop it into gear, and... Put it in first, take my foot off the clutch, and watch the. And just walk up it. <laughs> so,
1: during my shakedown, my actual like rock crawling shakedown run, not just the one where I just went to Silver Lake and fucked around. Um, I was at Rocks and Valleys, and there was a there was a group of people there, and a bunch of JKs and stuff. And there's this one thing, or this like one ledge that I thought I could probably do it in front wheel drive, so I figured off. Here, I'm just gonna go flex hard on these people right now on these JKs that can't even make it up in four-wheel drive. I go over there and I'm sitting there just letting the front tires heat up and roast. And one of the one of the guys in the JKs flags me down. And he says, Bro, bro, you're not four-wheel drive. I look at <laughs> him like, just just walk away, please. <laughs> just walk away. and i mean they they sat there and they all tried it and then i think finally one of the guys broke a rear axle shaft and they all gave up on it
2: i'm really really happy that i did not end up going to this roush creek trip i would have exploded my shit catastrophically i would have been following you big massive guys but like i got this and then i got Colin whispering in my ear like sweet nothing's like you got this just
0: go up to the left, and just fucking pin it. Okay, okay. Oh, hell no. (laughs) As Kish can tell you, you can have so much fucking fun at Roush, and you don't have to run the... Well, I'll let him fucking finish it. But, I mean... to me? Yeah, you. Fucking... (laughs) What can you do at Roush on 35s with dual-locked axles?
3: A lot.
2: I mean
0: just, I,
3: I feel I, it, I feel we, like we did we did a lot. I, I get
2: like that, that I can do a lot. Sorry to cut you off Curtis. Um I get that you can do a lot but the thing is is I was if I were to go that weekend I was with you guys. So I'm not going to just go off by myself and go play around on blues. Oh, no. no I'm,
5: I'm had, coming uh, up.
3: I would have I would have gone with you Cody. I know, but it's but, still fun to no, try there things was,
0: like, um, there was another group that was with us. Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Uh, the other group that was with us, the average Jeep in there was on 33s or 35s, locked, locked. And they were out having a fucking blast running. Like, their group would kind of bounce between trails with us. So we would run the black or the red, and they would run the blue and the way Roush is set up is there's a lot of green, I'm going to call them fire roads, with like uh, semi-circle or like pie-cut uh, offshoots. So we were kind of running with them on the first day, but they were off doing like instead of, um, what was it, Damnation or whatever, I think was the name of it. Instead of doing Damnation, they would go up Hornet or Yellow Jacket. Um, so yeah, it, it,
4: there's you, so many different offshoots, right? At at one obstacle, even that
1: there's not. Yeah, all, you guys you would have had a
0: fucking blast a and been easier fine. black.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, with my Jeep, when it was on 33 all terrains on an 88 and a 30, I probably would have gone through 90% of the stuff that we did up until you get to those big obstacles. Because that's one of the things I loved about Roush is it was like there was good night or nice easier trails i guess you could say that would lead right up to and you'd have like three spots that you could pick from that you could go all the way to the left and that's your buggy trail and then you have the stuff that like colin graham and luke were doing all the time and then you had something that you could probably do on 33s and 35s i mean it's around here we don't get that it's like you have a buggy trail you have a regular trail there's no kind of like a mixture in but there's no halfway point.
0: Yeah, when yeah. you come out here, we got to get you to Kish's property because his is yep. set up just like that. So he's got 30 acres and it's, it's fucking like a skate
5: insane. park.
2: <laughs> the best way to explain it is literally like a skate park. You can just kinda go from one obstacle to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, and then also have like a weird green next to you that like you could have like my girlfriend on in her TJ sitting there watching you go up just a straight wall. Like it's it's very fun.
1: Yep. It's very that's, dense. That's as one the thing most I, wheeling around here. That's one thing I wish that we had around here it was a lot more of like halfway in between because it seems like at least for anything that i go do around here if i go to rocks and valleys there's there's one trail i can't remember the name of it i want to say it's actually called buggy trail that it's just i get to a point right near the top and even with the stickies and everything i can't i can't make it up i don't like my wheelbase is too long and i don't have enough power to be able to smash through that i guess you could say to get up past it And so it's like there's that, and then there's a bunch of trails that I can literally just throw it in double low and just kind of press on the gas pedal and turn the wheel, drive through. Yeah. Sometimes you think that's just you think that's because it's
4: majority man-made stuff, and they're you know they're catering towards buggies or easier. I mean, because it is sort of hard. You either have a buggy in most cases, or you've got something that's more mild. I feel like finding. I don't know. Finding in between stuff isn't too hard, but it's harder to cater to. It,
1: it seems like a lot of your guys' stuff, especially out east like the cove and the um and Roush Creek, they both had like like I was saying, up until you get to that big obstacle, it's a nice trail out there. Like it's there's some rocks, it's not too difficult. I mean, most of us probably could have done it in two wheel drive if we tried, but mm-hmm. it, it it kinda gets you like, in the mood for, like, what's going to actually happen there. Whereas here, you just kind of have, like, rocks, mud, hill, tree. That kind of... I mean, it's yeah. it's not... It's not fun. Like, there's nothing to it. And, it, it like... Especially Rocks and Valleys is really bad about this. They have a lot of really, really easy trails. And they have very few... Like, their blacks and black diamonds are literally... Like, what we would take, for the most part, like, what we would take out to the big obstacles and stuff. Oh, like, wow. um crap, I can't say. What was that, the first day that we went to where the guy with the red XJ kept, or blew his bead on his tire? It wasn't Colin. It wasn't Colin, though. Surprise. Was uh, that, was we? yeah, that, that was Damnation. Yeah, that was Damnation. Okay, so, like, there's nothing like that, like, getting out to there around here. There's nothing like, like that those are almost dude i was having
0: a fucking blast i was bombing and forth at like 45 fucking miles an hour through the fucking woods trying to find these guys oh yeah that's right because you had
1: you drove off past and it's like it's either that's like you're black and then you have buggy trails after that that are damn near impossible for me to do because Mm. as you guys have realized i am not one to just or I haven't been mostly because I'm not perfectly comfortable with the vehicle yet to just take and just sit up there and sit on the red lot rev limiter and just let the tires eat and keep bumping the hell out of it or neutral slamming it and everything like that. I, I don't do that often. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you guys where you got saw that. You don't need Yeah. yeah do and that. I mean, that literally by us, it's either I can make it, or bumping it's just going to put me into a worse spot. There's no mm-hmm. you can bump it, make it, or once you bump it, you make it. You know what I mean?
4: It That's just, the it, best part, in my opinion. Is the is the bump going to get you into a better spot, or is it going to fuck you over?
1: It it's usually, it works out. Big old gamble.
4: I'll use I'll-
1: this one for reference. I there's one really really difficult trail that has boulders like the size of what you guys have out there at rocks and valleys and it's in the playground and it goes up a hill and there's a if i the one time i got to the top i got all the way to the top i had my front tires going over and the rocks were put just far enough apart that as soon as i my jeep started sliding it slid right down into the hole between the two rocks and i was stuck <laughs> like that that's what we get we don't get something like uh, crawler ridge. Where yeah, it looks really difficult, and I had tires hanging up off the ground, and I was scraping over everything. But it's still easy enough to do. It was Mm -hmm. just a matter of getting the right line.
0: One thing I is
1: there is no right line with a lot of the trails here. It's just you need horsepower. Hmm, Gotcha.
0: One thing, yeah, that's just hard to think about. We don't (laughs) from our perspective. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Roush's hero traction compared to like say Kish's property or some of the NEA places that we go to. At Roush I was walking shit that like if we were talking about doing, you know, in Richie's backyard, you're just not oh, going we'd be to be screwed. Do. Yeah.
3: My my yard is definitely a fickle beast.
4: It's like a swamp with rocks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a swamp, but Those it's fun. Big boulders.
3: <laughs> well, it, so the, the bottom part of uh, the green loop is actually like less than thirty feet away from where a five-acre pond used to be.
4: Yeah, Jeez. that explains it. So it's That's like
3: it, it literally is part of a once swamp once
4: room. you get up a little bit, it's it gets drier. Yeah, but yeah. That, that lower section is very very wet, for mm-hmm. sure.
2: Um, I definitely, 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 definitely want to go to Windrock soon. Dude, watching videos of, like, I think it's the sand? the sa- No, it's, uh, Windrock, and then there's another park that's super local, like, right by it, that looks absolutely fantastic. Like, I need to go there. These trails look sick. The obstacles look sick. So, if we don't do Roush, we're doing R- Windrock, because, holy we're crap.
0: We're definitely doing Roush. Um, yeah, uh, I could go back to Roush. I'm gonna say this because, like, the girlfriend and I have been talking. I completed my toolmaker's license and all that shit, so we're talking about moving closer to F and F now, uh, in like New Hampshire. So, uh, Roush is going to be a solid seven hours from me, and that's basically as far as I'm willing to go with a gas job, fucking F two fifty tow rig. Oh, don't be a wimp! Come on, don't be a bitch. I I
1: drove ten hours in one day. Leave me alone. (laughs) Okay, so Kurt. I drove started.
4: my jeep back, oh, it's gotta be said, I drove my jeep back after beating the shit out of it for two oh, and a half was, days or And
1: swamping it. And
4: swamping it and having to drain all the fluids. My, yeah. my tra- transmission's fucked, by the way, because I had two, <laughs> two water bottles worth of water in the thing, and like a tiny bit of transmission fluid. <laughs> Just a tiny bit. Holy and it's making crap. some noises now. So, need some new bearings. It's fine.
1: Yeah.
2: So Curtis, you were saying that you uh you picked up some ORIs or I forget how, what the acronym is for them. Um, if you were to do it again, would you go with coilovers or would you definitely go with a set of IROS or ORIs? You say it? ORIs. There we are.
1: Ooh, that that's kind of been a sore subject because I have one of my ORIs that I have issue. The the other three are fine. One of them has an issue in. I haven't been able to figure it out. I've rebuilt it several times. I am almost at the point where I'm about to send it out to someone, which I, if anybody knows me, I absolutely hate to let other people work on my stuff, but it's almost at the point where I can't, I'm running out of ideas. Like for some reason, every time I strap it down on the trailer, the pressure from the upper chamber leaks into the lower chamber. And so anytime I get anywhere – and you can ask all these guys because I had to – I think I went back to the parking lot like, what, three, four times on the first day to get the pressure set correctly. Yep. They just – they get screwed up, and you have to bump them off and try to reset them while it's on the ground, and it just – it doesn't work out well. So, huh? yeah. Yeah, they're kind of a pain in the butt, but once I get them set right, I mean, they're super stable. They're great. I don't seem like – um mike that was with us he had he was having issues the entire weekend with his jeep Anytime time you get on a slight incline it would unload on him mm. thankfully i had he had oris i had my tank with me hooked him up to it put a little bit more pressure in the lower chambers and he said he loved it the rest of the weekend it was great a little stiff for his liking but it worked everything worked good so i guess you could say it's a an- Good way to package, uh, co- or uh, air shock, bump stop, sway
0: bar, and
1: um, oh crap, what is that called?
0: Limit strap.
1: Yeah, limit strap, all into one, one package. It's just it's done. It's in there and it's done.
2: I think. So it's worth the money.
1: It is as long as they're working. So I bought mine used. They were older models that had all new, newer model internals. And I've found out from some reading that sometimes they have issues with based on the to- differences in tolerances that they had, that an O-ring might not be fitting correctly, and there's not much I can do about it other than buy a new shock. And I don't want to do that. Those things aren't cheap. Hmm. Jesus.
2: So, but- so if you were to do it again, would you go with ORIs?
1: If I could do brand new, yes. If I had to take these with me,
0: no. Uh, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so That is fair. Besides being a poor fuck, there's a reason I went with coilovers, and that is I can just pop one clip off after backing the preload adjuster off and change my spring rate. And yeah, it costs a little bit of money to do that. It's not a problem, really. And because the ProFenders are rebuildable, I can change the shim stacks and adjust my valving to my taste as required for 800 bucks. And there's a lot of different tunability with them that's a little bit more simple, I guess. It's easier for me to understand. I don't quite get how ORIs work. Or uh,
1: Rise are like automatic transmissions. I don't think really anybody has any clue how they work correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Nick LeBlanc. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know how they work. I know that the upper chamber pulls down, or the lower chamber pulls down. The upper chamber is what sets your ride height. So with those two forces acting against each other based on the pressures and the oil levels and everything, that it It doesn't, like, I used, I drove the Jeep on the street a couple times, and even without, it has no sway bar, and it has no anti-rock, anything like that, no limit straps. Like, going around a corner, even if I goosed it and got on it, it didn't, it it wouldn't, like, lift up or feel like it was becoming unstable. And that, honestly, that's one of the best feelings that I have in, uh, when I'm rock crawling, is, like, feeling like the rig is really stable when you get really off camber. I don't think I've, other than the one time when the shocks unloaded on me, that I have ever gotten into a situation where I felt unstable with them. Does that make sense?
5: Yeah, yeah. that was,
2: the. so another rig that we've wheeled with has RIs in the back. And I think that was one of the biggest things I noticed, not even from being in it, but from the outside and noticing that even on insane articulation, that they just kept the vehicle solid. Like it always looked like the vehicle was in control. And I'm talking about the Craig's rig. um JK buggy, I guess you could call it. Um, but seeing that thing where, I mean, the tire was easily standing up, like probably up to my chin and knowing that this rig was just do, 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 like nothing was even happening was kind of that, that point to me where it's like, damn, that, that's really cool that they just work so well. And not many other like suspensions can really do that and perform as well. I mean,
1: If you have a suspension set up correctly, all your geometry is good. With ORIs, as long as they're working correctly in the way that they should, they're amazing. You can't do go fast stuff like you can't drive through the like when I go to Silver Lake, I have issues with them the entire time because I start doing trying to do pre runner stuff and it just it doesn't work. (laughs) They fade away really quick, so they're not good for that. But for if you're doing slow crawling like what most of us do, or like fast stuff like Luke likes to do and Graham. They try to make slow stuff fast. Um, it, 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 they work I'm great. easy on
0: my rig. What are you talking about?
5: Yeah, right.
1: But I, I don't know. I I guess I've never been or never owned a rig and wheeled one that was on coilovers, so I don't have a comparison, but I can tell you that I've seen a lot of rigs on coilovers overs that don't seem to stay as stable as mine does when they're working correctly. Mm
4: -hmm. Hmm. Sorry, i cut you off. You mentioned uh, the fadeaway. What does that feel like? I mean, I've only ever run Uh, crappy shocks. so
1: they It just starts, everything just feels loose. Like, it doesn't, it's not, you don't feel it um, rebounding well, you You can literally feel it in the rig that the the shock's not extending back out every time it gets pushed up, oh weird. It, does, it it just it gets hot, it starts to fade away the
0: ride start quality really just goes downhill like immediately, so hmm. I will interject a little bit because I do have some experience with the fade away when I ran ducky with the air shocks if I tried to do anything quick and like. You know, say I was doing going up my bell, just for an example that like most of our listeners will get. If I wanted to go up my bell in 30 minutes, by the time that I got to the top, it didn't feel like my rear end was falling out and the Jeep was still supported. But every bump I hit, man, I hit the bump stop fucking hard. And I was slamming the limit straps when they would get like hot. They would just and like the rear of the Jeep would dip like maybe an inch or two. When they would get very zesty,
2: I'm surprised that it it would sag or cause less rebound because when gases get hot and oils get hot, don't it expands. So I feel yeah. like it would just cause
0: less. It cavitates. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, it
1: start. Basically, they're moving so quick, it's <laughs> creating air bubbles in the oil. So it, it's oh. kind of almost like have. Have you ever tried? Like it'd be like having your brakes with um air in them. it's kind of like that essentially
0: or uh, another good example would be like the foam on top of like a frappuccino or something like that where it's just like there's nothing to it at all It just so so it gets frothy yeah yeah yeah
2: interesting and it doesn't
1: usually the froth like you literally have to take them apart sometimes and uh, put new fluid in them once that oil starts getting water or air in it it just it doesn't like I've had taken mine apart four or five times, and once was right like two days after I was at Silver Lake, and there was literally air bubbles in the entire thing, all over the place in the oil. And I just looked at it, and I'm like, that can't be good. So I poured it out into my jug <laughs> to try to save, and I just let it sit there for like three days. And as I'm sitting there, like the the bubbles they they didn't go away. They didn't Weird. go away at all. They just kind of stayed there. So <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's horrifying."
0: I never yeah. had that with my air shocks that bad. Like you let them sit for a half hour and they're they're ready to rip again. But that makes me feel better about going with coilovers. I mean, yeah, I I would if I had if I had limited
1: funds, it'd be coilovers and quadruple bypasses. I mean, I don't even I quadruple
0: uh, bypasses. I don't know. I if anybody here races. knows what
1: um who Phil Licchiarty is, but or Lisiarty, I don't know how to say his last name correctly, probably. <laughs> but he makes a shock that is a triple or it's either a triple or quadruple bypass that has a coil spring on the bottom half of it. It's called a big shock. It's uh something that I don't know if he was the designer of it, but it's basically made for like forty eight hundred cars where you can only have one shock. So it allows hmm. you to have a triple bypass and um, a coilover, and, yeah, at hmm. the same time.
2: Now I'm looking this up. That sounds sick.
1: I, I, I don't even know if you might not be able to find him. You'd have to look up his uh, Facebook page to see him, probably. Well, or his um, Liberty Mountain Fabrication. <laughs> look up Liberty Mountain Fabrication on your okay. or on Facebook.
0: Yeah, I'm boring. Yeah.
3: <laughs> now, now, Curtis, you said earlier that you weren't quite comfortable in your rig. How long have you been running your rig? Oh, I finished
1: it last year in July. the Fourth of July weekend. I finished it in 20, 2018.
3: No. Oh. Okay. Okay. Twenty nineteen. So running... Sorry.
1: Yeah. It's, so, it, it's... so
3: you've had it running for like a year.
1: A year, but I have maybe at most 10, 11 rides on it. And I'm, I mean, I'm constantly changing stuff. Cause that's one thing I noticed going from what I had to where I am now is there's just, there's always just something little that needs to be changed. You know what I mean?
2: Dude, this shock is fucking cool. Yeah, this, I mean, you did a phenomenal job explaining it, but I had to see it for myself. That is sick.
1: Yeah, what's one of I them mean, run? Oh, a lot of money.
2: Oh, yeah. And so it's like a, it's like if they took a king coilover shock, like so the, the not the coilover itself, but like the the bypasses like on the actual shock style, but then chopped half of it and shoved a coilover in there. Like yeah. this thing is fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, I, mean,
1: I, I I've seen them once, but uh they they seem to be blowing up because people love them because you can't run more than one shock on. I want to say it's the forty eight hundred car, or forty eight hundred class that can't only run one shock in the rear. No, is Why that. that?
0: that seems,
1: I thought the forty eight
4: hundred was the uh, like the unlimited, or is maybe that's, uh, that's a different
0: forty five hundred, if I remember correctly.
4: Okay, That's so calling. it's more of a stockish uh no 4,
0: is like the full blown race, if I yep. remember correctly. Uh okay. or no, not f- it might I might be wrong on that. I don't uh, know I We're know 4,600 right is like the semi stock class.
1: Okay. Like huh. I don't know. I just I, I followed that guy on Facebook and I've asked or I've seen so much of the stuff that he's done. And that was one of the things that I saw from a that was like, holy shit, that was the smartest idea you've
0: ever had. Yeah. You should patent that.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Shit, I would.
0: So, now, do you wish you'd left the rig more full-bodied, or would you rather have cut it up more?
1: I would have never started with a Cherokee in the first place, no. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. So, if we're being completely honest... Um, if I I don't know I, I wanted full body that was my best look but as stuff started going together with the front the weight or as much as I stretched it which I think is like 7, 8 inches or something like that 6 I don't know honestly offhand but after I stretched it I started doing full lock to lock turn on that Super Duty 60 and it was like holy crap I have to cut all of this out. Like, I mean, I don't know if any of you guys ever saw what the original looked like, but I mean, I had it dove where I took two sections out of the center of it and I still had my tires coming up and hitting the um, header panel at full lock. I saw the video. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. You've seen that. (laughs) destroying the header panel. Yeah. So I started doing all that. And as everything was coming together towards the end, it's like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I want to go wheel. Fuck it, cut it. It's in the way. It's <laughs> cut. And yep. I haven't. Oh, sorry to cut you off.
2: You're good. You're good. Keep going. Um, you gotta roll. I have
1: there, and people hate on me for this. If they see it. It, it, it was a hack job. It was my fault for never fixing it. But my driver's side on the cage where it mounts to the um, rock slider, it's all smashed in. I don't know how. I don't know why. Like the tube. I had to cut the rock slider out underneath it because it's two by six. So my tires would actually clear at full lock underneath there. And I never like plated it back in. So it crushed that piece of rocker panel. In, like down. And I got to try to figure out how to fix that now.
0: Uh, Pour it a power and chain the winch to the ground.
1: <laughs> I, I, I tried picking that. I had that thing off in the air with a high low. And it wasn't moving.
2: Mm. Jesus. I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of like other than somehow forcing a uh, high lift in there, and then like off of a piece of tube or something, and just start cranking down like a like Honestly. a firefighter or something.
1: <laughs> At this point, I'm just gonna leave it. it. I mean, I don't plan on cutting any more body out of it, but I'm just gonna leave it the way it is. I'm gonna wheel it. I gotta get the overheating issue fixed, which. As soon as I get into my new house, the head's coming off of it. I'm going to redo the whole cooling system again and try to get that fixed finally. And after that, that thing is going to get left the way it is. As stuff breaks, I'll replace it with a stock. But the thing has worked well, I guess you could say. I mean, it's had its quirks. Like, I smashed exhaust. Um, I definitely need some skid plates, but I don't really plan on doing too much to it. At this point, mm-hmm. especially in the line of cut the body apart. Yeah, yeah it's and-
5: been
2: one of the uh, t- ongoing things with me and Luke is kind of actually in Graham as well. Just arguing between uh, like me just hacking mine up or keeping it full body because I don't really have a. Uh... Trajectory.
0: Oh, he's oh. having a technical issue at the moment. He'll be back in a few seconds. We
4: lost him. Yeah. Okay, well. Oh. Ah. Okay, he's I back.
0: Apologize there. <laughs> I had a little technical difficulty.
2: Um but it's been a conversation between like just going full retard if you will or keeping it a uh, a street rig. So the main question that kind of Luke was alluding to is like if somebody else were to come to you and say, "Hey, should I do X, Y, and Z, should I cut it up or should I keep it full body? Yes. It's kinda of up to their discretion, but advising in each direction, what would be your advice? Like
1: It depends on what if you want to do. If you wanna have a buggy that you literally only drive on the trails, then you don't wanna cut it up. But if you want to or drive you wanna to cut to it up. Yeah, I mean if you wanna drive your shit to Roush, you can't exactly do I mean I'd have to imagine because I've seen it done before and people that still daily drive their Jeeps. You really couldn't do what I've done on the front of that with all the, or actually, I can't say what I have done. What Charlie has helped me do <laughs> on the front of that thing with all the tube work up there. I mean, I do drive it on the street around here, but as long as I stay out of the city of Zealand, they're not really, the cops aren't dicks about it. Like, the Yeah, cop, I mean, cops it's just, they,
4: cool. They're not going to pull you over. Like, I, I got I pulled over one
1: time in that and okay, I was literally okay. for the cop to stop me say that one of my tail lights was out and tell me the thing was badass and that was it <laughs> I was like all right I can deal with
4: this See I I've, I've been telling people this it's once you reach a th- certain threshold right they it's the cool factor outweighs the illegal factor to some and extent
1: I, I, I don't know if that's <laughs> true. I I've never
4: the only time I've ever been pulled over in my Jeep was when it was on 35s Hmm. and like no cage and it it was it was back in the days when it was just yeah. bare bones basic lift 35s nothing to it only time i've been pulled over i wheel it through i mean wheel it i drive it through boston i drive it everywhere when when i can and it uh never had any issues i've blown past cops at 80 like they just don't care yeah the cops in, don't in massachusetts twist. that's that's something they're probably yeah.
3: more impressed that so you were just doing fucking eighty.
4: I know. That's half the thing. It's like if it's gonna go on the highway, it's gotta be able to go highway speeds, right? Otherwise it's like if I can't go sixty miles an hour on the highway, then it shouldn't be on the highway. So Yeah. Like Fair
1: I, I think the top speed I've ever gotten into that thing since it's been uh, rebuilt like that is on tons and stuff, it was about 65 miles an hour. And that was my foot to the floor <laughs> in, fourth, or, yeah, in fourth gear. I think they have four gears. Yes. Whatever, yeah. In yep. fourth gear, my foot to the floor, and it was holding that about si- between 60 and 65, depending on if I was going uphill or not. And were these on the <laughs> no. 42s or the... Yeah, that was on the pit bulls, which were forty twos, also. Okay. But yeah, I have not tried it on the thirty sevens yet. I should try that, but
4: you're geared to five thirty eight, right? Yeah, five thirty eight. Yeah, you'd you'd probably get like seventy five, eighty on a good (laughs) straightaway.
1: That's what I get with forty twos. It's not like I ran out of like RPMs or anything. I just. I literally was, because I was sitting at like 2,500 RPMs in fourth gear. It just, it had nothing more. Had <laughs> nothing more for it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean.
3: Well, you should have dropped it down to third.
1: Oh, man. If I dropped it down to third, it was at like 3,800
0: RPMs. Yeah, no, that's how my XJ lives its life. If <laughs> yeah, I, when I, I am dailying it around here, I'm just like. <laughs> all right almost up to rev limiter bang second all right we are going up this like lovely incline and there's third and let's pitch it into fourth all right we're finally going highway speeds
1: graham the video from your buddy of luke after you swamped it
0: luke just sitting in there just panning it bouncing it off a limiter (laughs) trying to get out of the hole
1: (laughs) that was great
0: uh that video didn't even do it justice. That video needs to go on for another two solid minutes. I can't believe
1: you did that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what? I'm not gonna let it just die there. And I was convinced the motor was going anyway. So, <laughs> what difference does it make? That's my view on this fucking motor. Thankfully, I've got a kiss to help me swap them. Well, that was yeah, on the. We, is that we, on the we got current it down one?
3: Pretty fast.
0: Wait, you killed the motor at Roush? Uh, no, I didn't, but it now has 5 okay. psi of oil pressure. Yeah, That's he's all just, you
4: need. He's paranoid, he's blown up 4 of them, or 5 of them at this point, so anytime <laughs> they do anything weird, he just <laughs> I, freaks out.
1: A little bit, yeah. Jeep's, I think that 4 O's can handle, like, 4 psi of oil pressure at bare <laughs> yeah. minimum. So if you got 5, you're
0: good.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah, if you got if one, you're 1, you're good. Uh, or, <laughs> If it's nah, got
0: any I can confirm if the... one is not good for a 4 <laughs> liter. I have the 4 liter with the bent crankshaft to prove it. Oh, crankshaft. I don't know Jesus. if I've seen it's not that. Not bent crankshaft, I'm sorry. Um it's got a bent rod and the bearing is completely seized up. The crank is not happy on both bearing journals next to it. Well,
1: screw nice. If you weren't constantly <laughs> on the limiter, it would be fine at 5 PSI of oil pressure. Now, yeah. here's something else that I did. I used to have really low oil pressure issues. I bought the Mellings high-volume oil pump, and I don't ever get below 15 PSI of oil pressure or something like that <laughs> after doing that. So it literally just be your oil pump. Yeah. So don't be a bitch and change it.
0: <laughs> but it's easier yeah. to change the motor than it is to change the oil pump.
1: Not when you have a one-ton Fair. rig done on bolts with like six bolts. Yeah, the whole so axle the comes later. out with
0: six bolts.
1: So does yeah, the four later. Of, there's a bunch of plugs and you when you when you put it. it like
4: that. Axle comes out with six bolts. That's a it's
1: that's true a concerning.
4: <laughs>
0: true. Uh, no, it's eight Actually, bolts
1: technically or seven technically. It would be four bolts and my axle could fall out. Actually, it would be three. Oh, yeah, you're right. It'd be five. Five bolts and the axle could fall out. What about driveshaft? Well I guess the driveshaft doesn't really count. No, those will just die. Yeah, those (laughs) steering, this. (laughs) Steering. No. Full hydro, so it can just drop oh. out. Sorry, big dick swinging. My bad. I'm I, didn't sorry. I, I, I didn't mean it like that.
2: <laughs> I'm over here with tie rods. I got it. I know. <laughs> oh, so I meant is- to ask
4: this earlier, but we got a little sidetracked. Do you have an 05 Plus Super Duty in the front, or is it a.
1: What's yeah, the year on it? It's an 05 Plus. I have no clue what year it is. I bought it from, uh, as long as it is. Yeah. I was just, just wondering what style. It's 05 plus and I built and designed, uh both upper and lower ball joint eliminators for it. So I have absolutely no ball joints. I basically have an 05 plus with kingpins in it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, now I they do. make somebody What com-
1: I forget which uh, company. Josh somebody makes Donsworth. them. Doddsworth. Dodds- yeah, Doddsworth. Uh, American Iron or something like that. Mm-hmm. yeah there's okay. a couple there's a couple of companies that have started mm-hmm. making those because they seem to be hot commodities right now everybody loves the 05 plus yeah, especially yeah. If you,
0: especially
1: i'm running if you're like if eliminate you- the one weak point in the 05 plus which is literally the ball joints
4: honestly i'm running like cheapy cheapy crap ball joints on i mean i don't have 42s so that probably has an effect but uh just crappy. I think they're master pros. They're nothing special, and I haven't noticed any problems with them on on my
1: you know two thousand
4: something Super Duty fifty that thing.
1: Pe- people have with O uh, five pluses is when you blow a shaft apart, it just the ball joints disintegrate. They just oh because it's so big. You know, yeah, it bas- yeah they basically basically just eject right out of there and they're gone. And it's not even the seats. It'll literally rip the ball stud out of the seat. Jesus.
5: Huh. That is yeah. not
2: that, – fuck that. I'm going to stick to my 30. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, oh, man, dude, you have no idea how many 30s I've seen. The same thing.
2: I know. I'm just kidding. I but was yeah. going to say,
1: like, it, it, I don't know. That was my biggest fear with it. And when I saw that somebody else had built some, I'm like, you know what? I can just bring this to work, set it up on the table, take some measurements bought some bearing bronze made me a set they worked great for a while and then there was a small issue with the way that it was getting grease allowing dirt and shit to get in there and when i made the lowers i figured i'd redesign the upper so it wouldn't allow it to do that
2: uh, all right guys i have to run the girlfriend is going to kill me if i don't get off of this soon so you guys continue your chat, but I am taking off. Nice talking with you, Curtis. You have a wonderful night. Alright, guys.
4: Nice. talking to you, Cody. Hey, it is, man. Mm, yeah, I know, right? Um, so, Curtis, I may bring this up with you uh, off the podcast too, but I know you've you've got a 205, and you've, we talked about it a little bit. You've got it clocked, and I'm curious about the packaging of that,
1: because I'm gearing up to do that and uh, And I'm concerned. The packaging and now I don't know what doubler you have. If you have I want to say I have the NWF. Is it the black box or is it like their eco box? Eco box. Eco box with the shaft that comes out of the 205 not a spud shaft in between. Uh, I mean did you get a gear for the 205 that goes in there? No. Okay, then you probably got the regular eco box. I didn't get a stubby or anything, no. You didn't is, get Is that a... what you mean?
4: I mean, no. No. so the 205 is... is the 205 and then yeah. the eco box has yeah, I think it's a uh, I,
0: does it have an output shaft in it?
4: Yeah, it does. It's got uh basically what I'd be putting in from it- the oh, transmission that would be okay, attached to, like, I think, a
1: drive shaft. Yeah. Okay, so you got that. So you you do have the um, longer or the longer version of it. So it might be a little bit more or a little bit easier for you because when I clocked my like, I want to say my doubler is like five point three something inches in length. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't think that my whole pack like the whole package up there, is longer than five inches or longer than like a two thirty one. So yeah, mine
4: seems pretty close, maybe an inch or two longer. I, I haven't them, put them side by side together,
1: but the mine mine must be like the exact same size as two thirty one because when they have to use the spud shaft, like you have, like basically, there's an intermediate shaft that a shaft mm-hmm. that goes from the 205 to the um the doubler you end yep. up with um i think it ends up being like an inch and a half to 2 inches longer that sounds about right so with that you might be easier because when i packaged it all together i made sure that the transfer case cleared the cross member and then um the drive shaft would also clear the cross member because the transmission is actually, or the transfer case is quite a ways back behind the yep. cross. That's my members. biggest concern right now is the front drive shaft clearance. Uh, honestly, if, if I didn't have mine tucked up in where, like I do, cause I mean, obviously we talked about this, that I don't, I have a flat belly other than the bolts that hold the transmission cross member together. Mm-hmm. And they have, oh, what is it? So, like, there's like an inch of clearance at full droop from my crossmember to the drive shaft. So, if you have a crossmember that hangs below the frame, you're going to have plenty of room. All right. I do right the now. One, I want to change the, it. But the we'll one see. thing to look at for your 205 would be to add, and now th- the whole reason that I did this was because of trying to package it all together correctly was using a flange because instead of having your u-joint right at the edge of the yoke i have my u-joint probably another two inches further out than what it would normally be Mm -hmm. does that make sense that first u-joint before it starts going down and then i got 1350 drive shafts in there so by the time i get through that the double cardon joint and everything—it's out in front of my cross member and then can go down. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I would look at doing a double cardon on top of having flanges in there, because it'll push it out a little bit further. All right.
4: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Uh, I was thinking about swapping the flanges, anyways, just because it makes it easier to. Oh yeah. Take F- them off. Flanges are so. Um, I do have to say, if you go to thirteen fifties, it's a pain in the ass to take them off. <laughs> I, ha- I I mean it probably takes me a good hour to pull both my drive shafts out.
0: Wow.
4: It can't be worse Just... than my like half stripped eight millimeter, ten millimeter.
0: Dude, the replacements that are in bolts there are like fucking less than ten bucks. There there's like bare, like with the angle
1: that my drive shafts at in the front, I can't in... now granted this is my fault too. The way that my cross member is I only have a small area that can get maybe like a quarter uh, turn out of the ratchet at a time. And I have to use a box end ratcheting wrench. And if I go too far with it, the box end ratcheting wrench gets stuck in there and I can't get it out. So it, I mean, it, like I said, it takes like an hour to get those drive shafts out of there. And it's solely because of the flanges.
4: Well, because maybe they're not I a mean, uh, nearly as good. I don't know.
1: I, I mean, they're, I guess in my personal opinion, I prefer a flange because you don't have a yoke holding your bolts. I have four half inch bolts holding my drive shaft onto the transfer case, whereas with a yoke you have four like five sixteenths or maybe even three eighths bolts. Yep. So I mean there there's quite a bit of strength in that little bit of extra bolt yeah. diameter there. So it's definitely worth That's a good looking point. at. I mean,
4: if I was gonna go and set this thing up, I was gonna do that anyways, just because, like, you, like you said, flanges are just obviously stronger because of the, the way that's set up. So,
1: yeah. But yeah I After I had a flange on my eight eight in the Jeep, I mean, I I kind of fell in love with them. Like, this is so much easier. And go, granted, I don't have flanges down at the ed- ends on the axles, but. I, I kind of felt like having a yoke there was a smarter option because at least for the 14-bolt and the 60, I could just run to a junkyard and grab one. Yep. It's not like I have to try to get something special if I have a flange down there and I wreck the flange.
4: Yeah, it's just basic so, basic parts yeah. you can find it
1: where in Honestly, I did some research in uh, older Ford trucks. I could literally, if I blew my drive shaft apart for some reason, I could go to a junkyard, try to find an old Ford truck grab the drive shaft out of it because it has a flange on the front with 1350s and I could literally bolt it right into the Jeep and it'd be good to go. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so that was something that I didn't know when I was building it, but I found out afterwards. It's like, oh well pat myself
0: on the back. I guess I did <laughs> do something right. Yeah. So <laughs> what's the uh deal with the uh pirate four by four and hack bar?
1: Oh, fuck. Here we go again. <laughs> You're going to make him talk about it. You're going <laughs> to give me PTSD. do
3: it. Um,
1: let's see. I guess, I mean, now, come on, give me a break here. I was 17 years old. I didn't oh, have a tube I bender. I absolutely do. Uh, I was 17 years old. Didn't have a tube bender. I had tubing. I had the rod ends that I needed. I didn't have a way to bend it. I needed a track bar. And it couldn't be straight because I didn't have the mount to make it straight across in the front, cause it was still the stock mount on the Dana thirty. And I I had to make something work for a week. I was so proud of myself, so happy. Cause I took and I mitered the shit out of it and welded it together and made a little gusset that fit into each one of the corners where it was mitered. I was so proud of myself. I posted it on Facebook. And
0: then people like you demeaned me, and I cried. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I didn't cry. But, <laughs> I mean, it hurt
1: my feelings. I was like, I did something so great. Like I'm 17 years old. I'm sitting here welding. This looks amazing. I'm doing a good job. I'm doing what these guys are doing that I that I want. Like uh, Samuel McIntyre. I know a lot of your, your people out there know who that is. is. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm watching this guy do this. Like, oh my god, I'm going that direction, and then they're all just like, "No, dude, that that's garbage." <laughs> but, Aw, <laughs> that hurt my feelings. But yeah, it it was. I guess it was the first step in the learning curve of the whole thing. Does that make sense? So yeah, like, I mean, everybody's gonna have their it, first. It was project. literally now. This wasn't a project that I did, but. And maybe we can get back to this later, but I, my first Jeep, the green one, the green bastard, I back half, I back half. <laughs> just hear me out here. Like the, the, right between the filler neck and the, oh, what is, where the filler neck goes in there, I rip, I rip the unibody apart. And instead of saying, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna buy a new Jeep, I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna rebuild this. So I bought a bunch of three by four square tubing and I literally back half that Jeep built the back half of a frame for it. So. Jeez. Yeah. That, that was all you did is you just back it. And uh... I back half it. I think I drove it for another two, three years. And granted, this was the first ever like big project. I did like that. Like I had welded floorboards and shit in and whatever. No big deal, but, like, that was, like, the first one that I did. I was freaking shit. I had to have been just 17 years old. I think I was a junior in high school, like, before I had done the hack bar. I did that, and I'm like, oh, man, this is great. And, like, I start going to these places and telling these people about it, and they go look underneath, they're like, what in the fuck did you do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. I don't think I, don't I know, know another...
4: Oh, sorry. I don't know if I've seen a picture of
1: that one. Probably, I, I'll, probably I'll not. I'll show some pictures in a group later with it. But, yeah, it got it got dubbed the green bastard. It's got that ugly-ass stinger. So, you know the, the underbite guy from Family Guy? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever remember seeing a meme of that guy, like, over time, There's a green Jeep on top of it with an ugly-ass stinger? I, it's an old one. It's old, but I have to dig it up. I know so. I know who has it, but someone circulated that on the internet. And that was circulating for a while when I was like, back then I was like, oh my god, I built the ugliest shit in the world. <laughs> what the fuck?
0: So <laughs> now I need to see feel it. better. I took a piece of angle iron and just straight up welded it onto mounting points for my first Rush Creek trip because I needed to have a tow rig or not a tow rig. Wow. A tow point to your front bumper. Yes. So I just took some fucking angle iron, literally welded the fucking thing on there, cut a piece of one inch by like three inch solid steel. Um, No, must have been thicker than that, because I, whatever, I drilled it out, I put the fucking D-ring through that, welded that into the bumper, like, solidly through the whole thing, and took off to go to Roush, uh, didn't give a fuck what it looked like, and then the other thing that I did that was similar was I was Mr. Turbo XJ when I first found out about the forms, because I saw people doing it. I bought a couple of turbos trying to figure out what size I could make work, this, that, the other thing, and it was embarrassingly bad as far as the questions that I was asking with what I know now. I feel like we all started
1: in a really bad place with some really shitty stuff, and now we're all kind of except for Colin, kind of getting to a point (laughs) where it's like we have like my rig now, like any of you guys, or, or Luke, would you have guessed that I would have been able to build something like that when you saw it, when you found out about Hackbar?
0: No. <laughs> yeah. Really see, I
1: I don't think anybody did at that point, and it was like okay. So when I started building this thing, that that's the reason it turned out as like with all the fancy parts, like I did. It was like I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I wanted I wanted to make sure that this thing was perfect so nobody could sit there and nitpick it and what's the first thing fucking Colin does (laughs) (laughs) oh you're gonna smash your exhaust (laughs) what the fuck who builds a jeep and honestly has any concept of what the exhaust underneath it looks like when they bring it to a shop like that is the (laughs) last thing that I would think about doing is exhaust
0: because it's such a minimal thing
4: yeah it's an afterthought in almost every case (laughs)
0: my exhaust is currently on the floor (laughs) my exhaust is currently still uh
1: folded plumb up right now i still i still haven't fixed it from roush creek (laughs) i honestly i i don't i don't feel like fixing it it it, it leaks the motor makes more noise than the exhaust leak does so i don't care yeah
3: well curtis how did you start with all your own fabrication and all, like, did you already know how to weld and cut and uh, everything, or did you learn as you
1: went? Mine, I guess. Okay, my dad works in a tool and die shop. He's an engineer. My first job was cleaning in my best friend's dad's machine shop. Uh, you guys both know it was Nick. I worked for yep. his dad when I was younger, and um, so I did that. And I I was just kind of exposed to it, but I never did it. And then, like, my freshman year, I had metals class, and we kind of learned how to arc weld. And then we did a little bit of MIG welding, and then only the best kid in the class was able to TIG weld. Not me. (laughs) And I was butthurt about that, by the way.
3: That that Um, was my first guess, was not you.
1: Well, oh, oh, now I am butthurt. (laughs) <laughs> but I, I guess I was in that and my dad was in the with the tool and die. And as I progressed through high school, like my uh, sophomore year, I took wood shop just as kind of my filler class. Cause I didn't really want to take advanced metals because the metals teacher was a fucking idiot. Let's be honest here. Knowing what I know now, that guy is an idiot, but <laughs> I took I took woods and then going into my junior and senior year we had this uh, thing that was it was basically a vocational school for three hours that we could
0: do as part of our high school. Mm-hmm. That's so I had cool three as hours shit. a day, huh? That's cool as shit.
1: Yeah, it is. Honestly, uh, whoever around here decided to pay all the money to do that, thank you very much. It got me into a machining class and. In the machining class, we learned like all the CAD and everything, and it kind of just – and the machining kind of led into the fabrication work as I got older because after I graduated, I got my first job working for Nick's dad again, and I was doing mold work, and he, he started teaching me how to TIG weld on the molds to repair them. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where the where that started. And as my welding skills progressed, doing that, like TIG welding firm, doing miscellaneous MIG welding stuff around the shop, as that stuff kind of progressed, it kind of turned into me doing it at home. Did that make sense? Not just yeah. doing it at work, kind of doing it at home and for my own personal benefit. Like I could, and honestly, it was so helpful that I was able to use that shop whenever I wanted. I could go there whenever I wanted. I had my own key, be there till all hours of the night. As long as I worked my eight hours, it didn't matter.
0: Yeah, me and Kish it... went to uh, Oliver at Technical High School. So we went to school for two weeks, and then we would go to shop class for two weeks, and we both took the machine shop. That's kind of mm-hmm. like how I got into the more advanced side of building stuff, because I'm like, all right, well, I can build a punch that'll go into a you know 120 ton press but i i could make a control arm right it it can't be that much worse how how much worse can it be
1: honestly the first uh steering linkage that i built was DOM tubing that i brought into my tech class and i threaded the insert or i threaded the ends of it myself in the lathe that huh. was the first thing that I ever I had ever done like that, and it was like holy shit, I can do this myself. Here we yeah. go.
4: And you guys it, are all honest, so qualified, huh? I, I have none of this technical background.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I mean, my dad's an engineer, but he's not all that bright when it comes to vehicles and suspension and stuff like that. Like he can tell you how to design something. Like I had to make me that uh switch box that I have in the center console. I don't know if you looked in my Jeep. He designed that. Like a little bit. He's good at that kind of stuff, but like when it comes to a car, he could do brakes, he could do spark plugs, easy shit like that, but he couldn't do what I do. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it was kind of just growing up during high school, I had like, I mean, I had quite a few friends, but like not a lot that I would hang out with a lot. But the ones that I would hang out with a lot, we were always working on cars. Like literally, the night before I did the ACT, um, I was up until about two in the morning doing or rebuilding the motor and putting it back in my buddy's truck. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, miss, and
5: that's
3: I miss nights like that.
4: That's sort I of what got me. Was, that's what got was, me into it. I was I was way later than you guys. I wasn't doing any of that shit at seventeen, but uh. It would just, you know, and I mentioned this uh, in an earlier podcast, I'm sure, uh, just seeing what my buddy could do with his shitty Wrangler just over a weekend, right? He swapped a motor. He had sunk the thing. It had been sitting for a while. He swapped the motor and drove it up like a day later. And I was just like, damn, you can just swap that stuff and you're not concerned about it blowing up? It just it just seemed very... uh it was very foreign to me at the time i've i'm sure you know curtis and everybody else here knows i'm i'm like as far as mechanically inclined goes i initially was not at all I've, everything i've uh you know games I mean, yeah. has just been from jeeps like that's that's been why i do I all l- this stuff
1: literally that's how i started too is it was uh-huh. just me me working on my jeep constantly changing track bar adjusting control arms that kind of stuff It. All of a sudden, my parents' friends were like, "Oh, he can do this. Why did you do the brakes for me?" And it's like, "Okay, I'll do brakes." And then somebody asked me to do ball joint, and then somebody asked me to rebuild the motor in their car. And I'm like, "Okay, okay, this is gonna <laughs> <gotta> <laughs> slow down a minute. That's a little <laughs> bit too far. I'll give it a yeah. shot, but I'm not guaranteeing anything." Like, and it just kind of kept going after that. I don't know. I guess every single one of my bosses always said this that I've always been like a really, really quick learner. So it's like I could do something once and then like understand how it works and be able to do it again on something else because, like, yeah, that, that definitely helps. Yeah, being able to understand how something works definitely helps you be able to like <laughs> take it apart or figure out what's wrong with it.
0: Mm-hmm. I have two operating modes and only two operating modes. It's either I know everything about what I am doing with it or it just goes together if that makes sense Graham and like that's kind of how my build has gone and it's been an interesting ride but um, yeah being a machinist it's very nice when you have the availability to have the extra tools
1: or yeah. if you're or having the ability to work within a 30 second and not losing your shit over it yeah yeah <laughs> I mean that, that, is, that was that honestly is the hardest thing about working on some of this stuff is and you can look at my cage and i try so hard and it irritates me all the time there's parts that aren't straight and i can see i can visually see it nobody else has ever pointed it out to me but i can see it and it annoys the hell out of me well that's just like, you. Know, you
4: designed it so you know every flaw right I've yeah, got the same problem. I, like, I look yes, at my stuff you, and I'm like...
1: Uh, you know every flaw in it, but I guess the machinist in me always wanted to go and... Like, I I spend too much time making a notch perfect and then all of a sudden, shit, well, that, that bar's fucked work. up. I gotta start over again now. Mm.
0: See, but, I kind of, like, on my cage, I know it's uneven and I've just kind of, like, accepted it because the whole jeep is fucking buckled. It was crashed at some point, but I didn't get it right and it irks me, but I just don't care. If you pop it open or you pop the hatch open in front of a normie, they look at it and they go, "Holy shit, that is a nice fucking roll cage." Yep. Nope. Even people that know about welding are like, "Okay, it's not the It's not You're the, not uh, going to die. Waste. Yeah, you're not gonna die.
1: I, I gotta oh. say, that's one thing that I've definitely noticed is that a lot of people look at my ring, and I have had so many questions about. Oh, how much does that cost to do? <laughs> <laughs> and I throw out the most I, the number I always give everybody, and I this is just kind of thrown out of my head is right around fifteen grand between tube my between tubing my a little bit of my time and all of the stuff that I bought it's got to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 grand yep. as many times as I redid shit on it. Like the, the B pillars that we were talking about earlier with the not having room for seats. Um, I think Charlie and I redid those. Oh, three, maybe four times to try to get it as far. Like, Fuck, I don't know if you man. looked at it cause it like, it like bends back and then comes back up to the top. Like, We tried so hard to push as far back as we could. Mm -hmm. And I I do have to say this. My cage and everything, the tube work, or 90% of the tube work on my Jeep was not done by me. It was not my ideas. I helped make it happen. I did a lot of the notching and stuff. But Charlie Gears was the one that did all of that. Came up with all of those ideas. Short of the four-link setup, which... Is about the only I basically stole off of him in the first place an idea that he had had that I changed up a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me about what you did for that because right now, like we've talked a little bit, I ended up changing my design, um, and I just want to run this by you now with the updated design. I bought two axle side link tower mounts and I'm chopping them at a angle so those are going to sit on top of my 2x4 cross member, get burned in fully around the um, top and then I was going to drop a support bar off of the cage for them for my upper link mounts facing inward on the axle so I've got the adjustability and then the uh, Lower link mounts. I've just got some simple tabs, so I was gonna make tabs off the back of the cross member in order to get the link lengths right. I think yours goes like up and over the axle. Mine is sitting below the output shaft of my transfer case, so like my double cardan is over the top of it.
1: Over the top of your cross
0: member. Yeah, so it doesn't okay. have any drive shaft interference from what it looks was... like right now. Okay, and that's with the twenty five and the doubler. Ah uh, that's with the doubler and the twenty. Um I took just simple measurements. Oh, sorry. I've got everything mocked up right now, but with taking the measurements from the length of the doubler and putting it up against the floorboard of the Jeep and kind of setting everything up, it looks like it's going to package quite well. And either way, I'll just move the location of the cross member and adjust the length lengths. Uh, to okay. sit it in there. Because I've got yeah. a brace on the back of my doubler. So I wanted to just run a very simple brace off of the crossmember right to the doubler. And then have a simple unbolt bolt on skid plate. That is two. something
1: I need to do bad. Was, I mean, I smashed my transfer. Like, there's only a section of my transfer case that's vulnerable. And I've smashed that thing a couple of times. I keep smashing the exhaust. I smashed the gear shift lever at Roush. Now, granted, everything I've smashed has always been out of state. I've never done smashed anything like that here. But I mean, that has got to be one of the biggest flaws in the Jeep that I have is not having skid plates for as low as it is.
0: Yeah. Um. One thing that Kish needs to do because Kish runs into something similar from what I've seen outside of the Jeep but he needs to get a skid plate underneath that's going to cover at the very least uh past the rear transfer case just because
3: yeah his... I drag my I drag my belly over everything <laughs> everything
4: Yeah, honestly yeah. I just put like a a crappy little uh a tube hoop to uh, that attaches to my—it's uh, the Clayton crossmember. It it kind of touches the transfer case a little bit, but even just having that, I just I feel so much more confident because well, it's e- there, and I can smash that spot now because it's got tube protecting the transfer case.
3: Even something as simple as that would be a huge benefit for me. Yeah. Because I I remember one point at my bell one day, I don't remember who was there, but they got a video where you can see a rock going right up past the frame rail next to the transfer case. Just, Just like that was the only way I was making it was I had to slam my belly right into the edge of the rock every time I tried hitting it. Yeah. I
1: I'm yeah, wondering that was one reason why I kind of made mine so it had a flat belly on it, was that so I didn't have a bunch of shit that hung well. Like I think my lower length bounce might hang slightly below the frame in the rear, but that's it. It's like I don't have anything that I can drag, but the problem is is if I do start dragging, it, it starts hitting critical parts like the transmission oil pan, the gear selector the exhaust like things that I I guess I could go without exhaust but the transmission pan is kind of a problem when that gets hit
0: yeah yeah um I'm I'm very very fucked right now when it comes to rebuilding the belly of my rig I don't know what I'm doing and I don't really have a plan at the moment But I need to build a full skid plate, and I'm hoping I can make the crossmember I currently have work.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, when you've got a crossmember in the front and a crossmember in the back for the rear four-link, that's got to make it easier.
0: It does make it easier. I'm not going to say that. I'm saying, like, I'm still torn as to what I want to do with my current three-link crossmember. Do I want to rebuild it and change it up? Because that upper-link mount is... I'm going to end up welding. um, I found a link tower, so I cut the top off of it. And I'm going to be welding that onto the upper link mount that I currently have to fix the bolt hole. And I'm hoping that'll be good enough. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But
1: yeah, one of the things is like the way that my rear is set up with the cross members. I mean, they're not removable at all. They're tubes that go across the rear. I don't think I could really tie that into a skid plate nicely because Mm. of the fact that they're not level with the bottom of the frame. Everything is above, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that it would be easy for me to build a nice skid plate that would contour to that rear area. Now, the front area might be a little bit easier to do, but I think it would still be pretty difficult with those lower control arms essentially coming up and hitting or
0: almost touching the frame like they do.
1: Yeah, and being subjects. so far inboard.
0: So huh. right now at work, we've got some one and a half by... Um, well, it's got a half inch hole in it. It's like a DOM tubing, I guess. But it, I was going to take that and bore that out and make like some sleeves and weld um, some tabs to the stubs of my cross member and then do the same thing in the rear with some tabs off of the other cross member. So it'd be like four bolts and the front cross member centerpiece and the skid plate and rear cross member attachment would just like fall to the floor. And, you know, if they're four or five eighths bolts, that should hold up, right?
1: I was going to say my my rear or my front cross is only held in by like nine or ten uh, three eighths bolts. I'd imagine that a couple five eighths bolts would be enough to hold
0: that up. Please tell me it's welded in, too.
1: Oh, no, no, no. I mean, where the center section's held in. Oh, Not okay, like, the okay, actual okay. piece itself. No, 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 no. That's all welded in. Dude. Like, the out, outside's are welded in.
0: I fucking bent the piece of 2x4 and cracked the fucking thing at Roush. I'm, like, I'm so fucking sick of taking everything apart on my rig and finding something else is fucking broken.
4: Did you say your two by four was that three sixteenths or quarter? That's
0: quarter. Jesus Christ. I'm pretty sure I'm, I might be wrong. Now that I think about it, it does seem kind of literally three sixteenths. Welcome to
1: owning a one ton rig. Like that is literally what happens (laughs) every single time that I go underneath that Jeep. I'm like, holy shit, that weld is cracking. Oh dear Lord. And then, like, when, when I was having issues with the doubler and when I first built it, um, I constantly taken that in and out. I mean, it was like a three-hour process just to pull the transfer case out. Based on drive shafts, getting exhaust moved out of the way, because at the time, I couldn't take it apart like I can now. Thankfully, I did that, finally. But it was just such – I mean, it was such a pain in the ass. I hated taking it apart because – Every time I took it apart, it went together, and it was harder to get together and take apart than the last time. Yep. Everything twists
4: and flexes, and it just... Uh, Mike, I've got a, just a Clayton three-link crossmember in mind, and it's getting to the point where I've, I've had to grind the edges down because the, the frame rails must be squeezing in, and every time I take no, the thing Graham,
0: out... your crossmember is bending up. Oh. So the bottom is becoming tighter because that's what mine is doing and it's horror bad right now because to fix the unibody we'll see oh sorry
4: i think i'm having the opposite issue because mine is only tight at the top i mean it it sucks to get in there now like it's a pain in the ass but uh it it does go in i, I next time i take it out i'll have to check to see if it's bent cuz
1: clearly it's doing something my cross remember, I literally have to use a pry bar and it has to go in a certain way, otherwise it doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> so like I have to like push it up and in, get the bushings or push the bushing up through where the mount is on the bottom of the T case, then drop the T case down some, swing it over, jack the T case back up then swing it the rest of the way up so the mount's past where the tube is. And then I can drop it down, and I have to align the two bolts for the mount. And then I got to put the, uh, what is it, like 10 bolts in the bottom that holds the center section up. And every time I do it, I get another bolt that doesn't want to line up. And I got to try to, like, run a tap through or get, like, a burr out and carve into the
4: mount. I haven't had to go that far yet. I just get it lined up really close, and then I just take a sledgehammer and beat it in.
5: Yeah,
1: wait till you have to start doing that kind of stuff. Mm. It don't work. Yeah, it's not nice.
0: That's the reason that I'm looking at changing everything up with how I mount my transmission and everything, because my crossmember, I have to bend the side with the upper link mount up far, like, not far, but put a jack under it and actually physically lift it up so it's sandwiching this piece of one and three quarter because there's that Mm -hmm. much play from the quarter inch plate welded to the tube. So it's kind of shitty, but it's going to end up at a slight angle. So I need to have something that'll be able to be straight even though they're not going to be even anymore. Yep. Honestly, (sighs) though. If I, if I was in
1: that position, you know you know what I would do, right?
0: Hang myself.
1: JK. Well, I wasn't going to go that far, but I would have hung the Jeep up and started all over again. Make a little <laughs> bit of a fix to wheel it for a couple of seasons and started building a new one. I, I don't think Why, if I though? had to redo the amount of work that you're talking about, that I would honestly want to try to redo it on the same Jeep, I would
0: want to start
1: over. Like, if I had to make a major change to my suspension at this point, I'd start over.
0: But no doubt. But it's not, like, that major. It's just building a skid plate and a new cross member and, like, building a 4 link cross member. I get
1: that. But, like, the way that I did mine the first time on this Jeep, when I had it on the 30 and eight eight, it was great. It was uh, all bolted in from the sides. I screwed up when I originally built the crossmember. So when I welded my stiffeners in, I wasn't able to, on that front section, I wasn't able to have them. So they wrapped around. And now I completely and utterly regret doing that because doing it the first time that way, okay, yeah, made the crossmember work. But now this time, I literally had to weld my new crossmember to the tinfoil unibody right there. And it's like there's nothing else i could really do at that point you know what i mean like i keep running into those issues on mine where it's I haven't like ran well... into
0: the same issues because with my rig this time me and kish just went through and we stiffened the front mids and rears right off the bat there was like before i even put the cross member in it was stiffened so i welded to the stiffeners. Uh, To mount the outer parts of it. And it's like for the rear crossmember. Yeah I hacked out my. um, Support for the. Traction bar. Okay well now that's out. It's not a problem anymore. I can just weld on to a new section. Of the stiffener. You know. I I don't see a point in just getting rid of. A perfectly functional rig. That just needs a little bit of repairs. Because I've been hard on it and some upgrades because I'm putting stickies on it. You know what I mean? Yeah.
4: That's sort of my mentality too, is me. I mean, I've got so much invested into the body of my Jeep to some extent, maybe so, not as much as Curtis has, but he's the one willing to throw it away.
1: Um, that's yeah. the, literally the only reason that I did not start over with the Wrangler when I did this was because of the motor <laughs> that I had into the motor and the body on this thing, it was like I I I can't do it. That yep. dash was like, I think between all the gauges, I think I spent like twelve, thirteen hundred bucks on that. And it's like your, I can't your cluster
4: just, is fucking sick. I'll just yeah, say that. I I'll only looked you. at it for like a minute. It was awesome looking. Yeah,
1: it was like it was one of those bougie things that I did when I was first building it, and because the dash, the original dash network, the dummy light or idiot lights didn't work. So it's like, okay, I'm going to do something cool with this. Why
0: didn't you just cluster swap it? Because like I, I literally to... unbolted my cluster and I have an early 97, like it's a I think it was made in uh March and I just slapped a new one in and it worked. I tried
1: I tried a regular one. It just still didn't work. There was, there was something wrong. And now when I bought the Jeep, it did not run correctly. You couldn't do more than about 2,500 RPMs or it would start missing. Come to huh. find out, CPS wasn't plugged in all the way causing that whole issue. So now was the CPS not being plugged in all the way causing the issue with the dash? Maybe. Possibly. But I couldn't at the time, I couldn't get it figured out. So it's was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. Because now, instead of having to run all everything through the computer on the Jeep, it's all run, like, my oil pressures run right to the oil sending unit. My coolant goes right to the front of the Jeep on the thermostat housing. Speedo, at least when I had 231, it went straight back to the back of the Jeep. And so I don't have all that stuff running back to the computer anymore. So yeah, I can, it's just going I straight mean, to the gauges. Yeah, it's like right from the sending units right to the gauges. There's no... So I know if there's something wrong, it's something either in the wiring or the sending unit. I don't have to worry about the computer possibly being an issue. That's a good point. You also bring up
4: uh, something I actually forgot to mention, but I definitely should ask you. Speedo, how do you do that with the 205? Uh, I have not (laughs) gotten that
1: far yet. Oh, (laughs) no. I have a plan. There's a good write-up of a 40, I think it's like a 41-tooth gear that you can put in the back of there and you just have to machine the um, rear output housing a little bit so that the gear or that the sensor like a newer GM sensor can go in there and then do that and send it. Would would that work with the factory cluster though? I don't know anybody that's done it with a cluster, but because most of the time, they, I mean, they put them behind like LSs and stuff like. Yeah, that. Yeah, I know. So it's like, that's that's yeah. sort of what I'm running into is, I'm. I know the cable drive won't work with an OG cluster, so I. Nope. I mean, I'd have to imagine that you could get the right tooth count on the gear that goes in there, so that it would work on that cluster. Why not do something
0: but, uh, like a Dakota Digital off of the uh, Super Duty brakes? Because you've got the ABS mount, um, so that would be a converter that I believe you can wire into your rear, uh, like, the shaft, or where the tail shaft would be. Yeah.
4: Oh.
0: Oh. Huh. I'm I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't care enough to the point where if I have to do something where I'm changing out the speedometer or anything like that. I'm just going to put a GPS speedometer in it because fuck it. I don't care how fast I'm going on the trail.
1: Yeah. was
0: my whole thing with never getting to that is it's
1: like, when the hell do I really care if I am on or how fast I'm going right now? Like the one time I checked to see if I could get it up to 70 miles an hour, I had to app on my phone open. Like it didn't really matter to me. How fast it went. It doesn't matter how fast I'm going on the trails because I know where my RPMs are. You know what I mean? To how much tire spin I have based on what gear I'm in. Ah, That makes sense. Fair
0: enough.
4: So, yeah. To an extent, I can do that too. And the thing doesn't. I
1: really can't, though. If you daily drive it, you can't just. I mean, I guess you could if you were good. You uh, could. I've I've point.
4: driven this thing for years. I I know where where <laughs> it likes to sit, as far as speeds. I mean, and you put it in third gear, and you can drive on a on a you know thirty five to forty mile an hour road. You put it in fourth gear, you'll probably be going fifty ish. If you put it in fifth, and yeah. you know, foot to the floor, you might be at seventy seventy five. And if it's downhill, probably eighty eighty five. Right? Like a, I could do that much, but. Just well, to wrap it all up, I definitely want to figure out how to do a, uh, a Speedo.
3: My policy if... as someone who also drives on the road, I go however fast I feel comfortable with on the road. And if I see a cop, I cut that speed in half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your Jeep doesn't go and, fast enough for that. Come on, let's be honest here. <laughs> I,
3: I have I have actually gotten my Jeep up to triple digits.
1: I was gonna say my old the Green Bastard when I was in high school still, uh, for one for sports, we had a um I got fucking, I guess I'll say it. I played water polo. We had a beach day where we went out <laughs> to the beach because I live like ten miles from Lake Michigan, if that in a straight line. So we had a beach day for that, and we went out there and on the way out there, everybody races out there. First person there is the coolest person ever on the fucking team. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I had that Jeep up to 120 miles an hour. Jesus, like Jesus the speedo Christ. was, that speedo was pegged the fuck out, and the entire time I'm like, "Dude, this I I don't feel safe doing this." <laughs> fuck it, YOLO. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep. that was that was insane. I didn't think that that thing could actually go that fast. So I was keeping up with my buddy who was in an Audi R6. Or something like that. I mean, some stupid fast car. And I was keeping up with them, like, holy shit, this thing's
0: got more power than I thought it did. <laughs> uh, the fastest scary. I've gotten my rig up to is about a hundred. And getting my rig up to a hundred is quite the exercise.
1: You need a i don't, I don't think I'd want to bring my rig up to a hundred. I, I hate it at, like, 50. Like, with the full hydro, <laughs> like, you just touch that... Oh, yeah. Right into a ditch.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how that would handle.
0: I like my highway. hydro assist. It's really... My steering's not perfect, but it works fairly well. I'm gonna be putting a brace on the box and just fucking sending it for next year. Yeah, I
1: mean, putting the brace on the box is a good idea. I just... I know that a lot of people that said that they run 42s mm-hmm. and hydro assist are just like, I didn't really like it. Like, yeah, it can turn the tires, but is it really worth it? Are you really going to drive that thing on the street that much? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of what put me into the, oh, fuck, I guess I got to get full hydro now. I literally, I bought the Ar- the Artec arms for my at- or knuckles for a fist. Not for full hydro because I did not plan on putting full hydro on it when I started. No.
4: Well you get better turning radius out of full hydro anyways with the super duty.
1: I mean Yeah, if you if you're on a stock like Cherokee or Durango or whatever box, yeah. But I, the I only have an eight inch ram and I am missing a lot of steering radius on mine. I mean, there's probably a good three quarters of an inch that I could go further one way. Huh? And- to just hit the um steering stop on that side. So yeah. I mean I plan on upgrading to a 10 and figuring out what I gotta do for shims on in that so it doesn't it can't go past 10 and push the knuckle and shit apart. Cause it will do that. I've seen it do it before. It's insane how much pressure there is there. So like oh, yeah. when somebody says that they can't turn full hydro they cannot turn the wheel Wow. Yeah. I had that. <laughs> uh, when I first, or, yeah, the first time I went out with that, I'm sitting there. I'm like, why the fuck can't I turn this? I'm trying to turn it, like grabbing on it, like ripping on it, almost to the point that I'm like, oh man, I feel like this line's going to freaking explode because I have so much pressure on it right now. And my buddy's like, yeah, because both of your tires are shoved up against a fucking rock right now. Like your one tire is wedged in between a rock. I was like, Oh well, I guess that explains why I can't turn. <laughs> yeah,
0: I had yeah. a similar experience when I had full hydro on the buggy.
1: Yeah, like it's just I don't know what what what's your yeah what's your opinion between the two?
0: I don't know. To be honest with you, I like the full hydro on the buggy, but I never drove it anywhere because it got hacked up. I'm like. And I'm wheeling it with the welded front end and the stock box. And I'm like, yep, yeah, fuck this. It doesn't have a unibody left anymore. Fuck it. It's getting full hydro. I went down that route. And it was great on 37s. And But I never drove it. Whereas this rig, I drive it. And yeah, my power steering gets hot. And I lose a little bit of power steering towards the end of the day. But it turns my heavy-ass nittos just fine with a little bit more effort than my full hydro. I wonder if you had
1: one of those fancy hack bar uh, power steering pulleys, if that would help you out. No, the super yeah, probably speed? One. They'd probably just burn the pump out. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably yeah. What's going to happen to Colin when he finally yeah. puts that thing on
4: there? I don't know how he's had like no issues. He's, I guess he's got the WHA pump. But his setup is like, I don't know. I've never heard him complain about it. Which is surprising because I've blown up three pumps at this point. Before I finally did the WJ pump, I drilled it out. Uh, this is because I I didn't have a a big cooler on it for a while, so that's yeah. how I killed the first one. The second one was just a bad reman from AutoZone, and then maybe I'm on my third one. And this one was finally the WJ V8 pump that actually pushes more fluid through. And when it comes back, it dumps it straight into the pump. It's a much better design.
5: Kesh, did you uh,
4: have a problem it's been with good. that?
3: No, I actually have never had a problem with my power steering.
0: I thought you had burned out like a pump and you had to throw a replacement pump in your Jeep Uh, with this one when you first got it after we did the axles. Or am I confusing that with the black one? Because I know on one of the two that we had to do the...
3: I never touched the power steering system on this Jeep or my five-speed.
0: Huh. I, I, man, I I'm might, going crazy. then.
3: I might have fucked with my power steering on my '96 back in high school.
0: That might I don't have really been remember
3: it. That. But we did have to replace the uh the pump quite a few times in my truck, though, Luke.
0: Maybe I'm just getting confused there. Yeah, I remember you having a shit ton of issues with factory pumps. I had a decent streak of luck with the. I have a factory rebuilt one in mine with just a drilled out fitting and a big ass cooler on it and I don't have any problems like yeah. any complaints.
4: I've, I've been good now but I mean there was a solid you know four or five months where I was just blowing through parts I mean, pumps specifically but and I also sheared that uh, uh the aluminum steering shaft brace it's splined and you bolt it I I twisted it and uh, I had no steering. Like, I could take my wheel and spin it. And it was because the aluminum splines on the thing had busted out. Really scary. I was, uh... Fortunately, I, I hadn't gone home. I was with Colin. But I was planning on going home, which would have required me to go on the highway. And I took one turn different than I would have if I had gotten on the highway. And then I had no steering. Like, at all. The steering oh, wheel just fucked. Yeah. That is probably, oh. like, the, the most terrifying... Failure I've ever had.
1: It's got That's to steal one horrifying. now. It'll never do that again. Yeah, I I kind of had that issue. I lost or I blew a line when I was driving to my buddy's house. As I pulled up to his house on my full hydro, when I was driving down the street, and I was like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Man. Like it's like the most helpless feeling ever. You just yep. like, turn the fucking wheel, and it's not going anywhere. You can't do anything but just slam on the brakes.
4: Yep. Oh man! And yes. Steering issues are not worth fucking around with. No, it's like, like when
1: people say that you lose power steering when you lose a hose on full hydro, like, they fucking mean it. Like, you lose steering. Like, there's no just kind of, like, sometimes... because oh, yeah, like, you
3: have no physical connection.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you'd figure that you could go one way or the other because you should be able to push pressure. If you're able to do it quick enough, you should be able to push pressure into one side to get it to turn one way. Depending on which line blows off.
0: Mm. Hey, Um. you know, we've been going for quite a while. You guys want to wrap it up now? Oh, sure. Yeah. All right. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah, this was, this was a fun one. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um. Uh, Graham, you want to do the outro? Or... Yeah,
1: all right.
4: Keep it uh, rubber side down. I'll see you next time.